just love the idea of the head of the studio negotiating with the Illuminati where they're like, look, um, we're concerned about how all of these hidden pyramid images will play in the Chinese market. Yeah. I think we're going to have to cut yeah. half of them. I'm just imagining a, a room full of punch-up peoples going, okay, we, how, the Jews steal your blood. How are we going to put that in here? <laughs> Ideas? Anyone? <laughs> The, yeah, the, I, I've been in I've been in so many punch up rooms. A everyone in the punch up room is Jewish. So if, if, <laughs> yeah. if that conspiracy is happening, it's I don't know how they're or why they would put that in there. And again, it's people all having weird car brushes because you're sitting there eating bad food and just <laughs> literally, literally just going, well, what if the I don't know what if the dragon farts or something? <laughs> it farts? Can we? You know, that's 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 the level of detail that yeah. goes into these these movies i i like the idea of like uh you're saying they want to get into hollywood and it's like a black israelites at a pitch meeting and he's like it's just a wonderful little story i wrote about uh two people who have a hookup in new york and how it intersects with their lives and then his three guys are behind it and they're like speak on it it's a great little script it's a very cute story brother i was uh, i was talking about this the other night um <laughs> The, uh, the black Israelites, uh, I grew up in, in New York City, and the black Israelites had probably the best public access show on Channel 35. Yeah, that's right. I, I heard about this show. Is it, are, are there clips? Oh, I, I think you can still or? probably get clips. Maybe it's on YouTube. I haven't checked in a long time. But yeah, they would have this like half-hour show that would be half sort of call-ins in studio, and I'm using oh. that very, very lightly. Yeah. Uh, and, and then half of it would just be video footage of like what they would really do, and this is actually like bygone New York. This really doesn't happen anymore. The black Israelites would set up like in Union Square or whatever with amplification and like speakers yeah. or whatever, and just like preach and harangue people on the street. And uh, the clip that I always remember that was so funny, it was one of their like uh, street demonstrations or, or shows, and uh, it was like four or five of the black Israelite guys, and they just had one white guy in the middle who they were using as like the te- who, a white guy who agreed with them about everything, and they were using him as a test case, and uh, they were just like, so according to you, what should happen to white people? And the white guy just goes, I think they should die. And he, and he just goes, you heard it here. He's saying it, not me. <laughs> that guy's like the diamond in silk of uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But again, because I'm a, I'm a performer, all I can think of when I see any kind of crazy street preacher or a black Israelite or anything is there, there's – what I want is – hidden footage that they don't know is being filmed of them getting ready to go. You always see them in the full heat, but there's got to be times like, right, I'm going to listen, I'm going to start off on, you know, this tack about, you know, Hitler was saying, and then you've got to jump, you got to go, yeah, yeah. Just, can we just practice a couple times? I just want to get the rhythm down. Just like my, my, my friend Blaine Capatch, my, he has one of my favorite jokes. I don't know if you're familiar with that the the late G.G. Allen. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. insane punk who would shit in his hand and throw it at the audience. And, you know, um, Blaine uh, had this, but this is G.G. Uh, Allen before his show. When I shit in my hand, I've got five. I'm coming right off. <laughs> Just get ready. <laughs> so it's like that whole. And, and in the in the hated documentary, he's there's a scene of him doing a sound check. He's practicing and doing a sound check because it's still a show. Like, yeah. no matter how radical you are, you're like, well, can we just make sure all the mics work and get yeah. the, everything tuned up? Okay, good. Here we go. You know, it's it's never that. So th- that would be a great thing of, of like a, the, a a black Israelite group getting ready to go out and running down their banter, making sure it's good. They're like, at about the halfway point, we're going to bring on the white man who wants to kill all yeah. other white people. Yeah. That, that's our yeah. real, that's the turn. of. The, we uh, can't the, open with that. Yeah, exactly. we, that's got to be where we build to. We've got to build to it. I mean, look, those, those, um, 
those dipshit Nazis in Charlottesville. There must have been a get together of well, we got to have torches now. What are we going to be chanting? What you the know? trip? The trip to Home Depot to buy the torches oh, must, must have been hilarious. Because <laughs> they, like, they did, they had to go and just buy a big bunch of bushel, yes. like bundles of uh, tiki torches. Because by the way, no, none of them could figure out how to make a like you could you can watch an old episode of Gilligan's Island and reverse engineer a torch. Yeah. Like, well, obviously they're okay. Well, these, we can do that. Are, I mean, these are doughy suburban kids. They've never made anything so <laughs> a torch you go to the store and you buy a torch you, you a get torch. your mom's credit card and you right. buy a gross of torches and then next month she says why is there ch- what i didn't go to home depot what's going on i'm yeah. uh now i'm thinking of like a one of the the charlottesville organizers was like actually like a, a theater teacher and he's like really community theater guy and he's like guys when you go out there with those torches i want to see teeth and teeth tits and teeth baby yeah. they all they all they all like put their hands in a circle before they started chanting jews will not replace us they're like all right guys always say yes keep it moving and remember to have fun yeah all right guys jews will not replace us on three and sparkle yeah <laughs> yeah just all that it's it's all it, it all comes i mean it, it, i i know there are different ways to look at these things i will never not be able to look at stuff as a performer and think about how do they gear up for that you know, if you watch Triumph of the Will, yeah. which 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 is such a ridiculous film, yes, it's good filmmaking, but it's a terrible documentary because, of course, she's not going to show you the most interesting stuff. Would be how did they prepare all that? What were they saying to each other to go? You got to be in a line. Should they have backpacks on? Yeah, put the. I want them to have their knapsacks on, like in case of war. Like all the little. All there, there was stage managing was going on, and that would have been a way better documentary. You wonder, you wonder the world to be like that final Michael Jackson concert film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the, the shot of them sending the girl around with baby powder for all the later hosen because the chafing caused. Yes, exactly. Yeah, all those all those considerations, and you know Hitler worrying about do I just I'm just going to walk out? How will I be amplified? And all you know. Well, that's the thing is that Hitler did do that. He he practiced compulsively all of his gestures maniacally. And oh, that would really? have been really interesting to see him doing that backstage. Where right. It doesn't have the force of him in front of a giant crowd. But he would. He would all every gesture he did was 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 repeated until it was muscle memory. Yeah, well that's that's why that n- it's another good advice for any aspiring <laughs> It really uh, is. You've got just out there. really get your technique to mirror work. You got to do your mirror exercises. <laughs> I mean, that's why another you know when people say that Trump is Hitler, it, he Trump Hitler was not slut Hitler didn't flap his arms around as if as if his upper arms were numb. Yeah. Like like he he it's just the sloppiest stagecraft you've ever seen. The and he would hand gestures. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's this. It's you can't the, have the tie hanging below the the crotch. This is ridiculous. I, it's I mean it's those some of those attacks on Trump like they do give him too much credit that he's mm. like like the the attack on him sometimes is like. You want to see toxic masculinity? Donald Trump. And it's like, yeah, that's the guy. The guy yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm honestly still stung that I wasn't invited to the 1987 Vanity Fair solstice soiree. Yeah, it's that guy. This is actually a uh, perfect segue into the material I've prepared. And uh, to formally introduce our guest, uh, now returning champion, Patton Oswald. Thank you back in the, so back in much. The trap. So uh, glad to be back in the trap. Yeah. Yes. You're joining us in New York this time. Yeah, you're in. Uh, I, I'm. I. We are. Oh, should I let the vi- listeners know they're in my suite right now at the W Hotel? They For- are sucking <laughs> off of the teat of capitalist elite New York. giant bed. If I could describe what uh, Patton's hotel suite is like, just imagine 
Rolling Stones circa Exile on Main Street. <laughs> just a Valhalla of yeah. decadence and debauchery. Yeah. I'm right? in my cocksucker blues period uh, yeah, yeah. right now. Thank you <laughs> so much. If Patton wants to turn a light on a, in a room, he has up to three options per yeah. square foot. I've been, I've been hey, awake mama. since 6 a.m. I did the, hey, I did the View today, guys. Oh, oh yeah. holy shit. I co-hosted The View. <laughs> How did that go? It was interesting. It was, you know, because I've known Whoopi for a long time. And I've no, I mean, I, I don't know Joy personally, but we both come up out of the stand up trenches. And there was a journalist there named Sonny, and then Megan was there, and we were just kind of, t- but even it was interesting to see, even like, like every day Trump gets just not even crazier or more dangerous, just sadder, and it, it, he, he's c- coming apart, basically. And so it's just people can't even get offended when you go, oh, look at this dumb slob and even megan was like yeah he's this is stupid and we're talking about ivanka trying to avoid the question about her dad oh whether and, she and, believes well uh, i mean i did the he has said that he doesn't do it and, and my my whole thing about the i'm very very behind the me too movement but it must be very psychologically damaging for people in the me too movement to still see the final boss in the video game healthy and yeah. well all Donkey they're doing Kong. is taking down mini that's what i said i'm like i'm like uh ivanka is the princess next to donkey kong and people are like can we talk about why he's throwing flaming barrels well can we how about we talk about these great girders that he i mean they're i mean they're, they're ramped so they're very wheelchair accessible no one talks about that no we're all focusing on the flaming barrels that kill people that's what we're going to talk about like that's she's literally standing next to the final boss but doesn't want to talk about him uh well speaking of uh Killing people. Uh, I remember uh, after <laughs> the uh, you won't see that on the view. <laughs> after the uh, after the uh, after the election and the inauguration, I, like when when we were all sort of coming to terms with how funny the next four years are going to be, and what a good job and we what did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how excited we all are! I think I forget when it was, but one of the things we said is like one of the things we have to look forward to at least is Trump having to address the nation after some national tragedy. What's yes. he going to say after the inevitable mass shootings that happened on his watch? And there's been a couple, but I think with this most recent mass shooting, we've really seen him truly come in to his own in mm-hmm. terms of the, um, the way in which he tries to process uh, other people's pain and human emotion mm-hmm. or just, I don't know, empathy on any level. Yeah, and- it's fun because... Most politicians are stone sociopaths, but because they're professional politicians, they spend a lifetime figuring out how to manifest empathy to other people so they that they, build the they build the mask so that people that can be like, ah, oh, that guy believes in me. But because he came up in the predatory nightmare realms of real estate and television, never built those skills. So he's just pure unmasked sociopathy. Yes. Total lack of ability to empathize with anyone other than himself. Right. But then he has to still say something. And then you, what you get is this just nightmare gibberish. So there's uh, there's been a, there's I have, a, I have a few examples prepared of the, uh, the, the golden comedy material. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the first and probably uh, best known one now is uh, I'm just going to read here from the uh, news account of it. It says, uh, President Donald Trump suggested Monday that he would have run into the high school in Parkland, Florida during the mass shooting, even if I didn't have a weapon. The president made those remarks ahead of a meeting with the state governors, referencing reports that an armed sheriff's deputy waited outside for minutes as a gunman opened fire within the um, Stoneman Douglas High School on February 14th. You know, I really believe. You don't know it until you test it. I'm glad he added that caveat. But um, I really believe I'd run in there, even if I didn't have a weapon. And I think most of the people in this room would have done that, too, because I know most of you. 
but the way they performed was really a disgrace. So I've noticed now that like Trump and then much of the uh, sort of gun cult right wing has latched on to the figure of this sheriff's deputy who right. uh, who who you know didn't do his job or he he was armed and he didn't save the kids he didn't run into a hail of gunfire or whatever mm-hmm. and I you know. Obviously, you can critique uh, his performance there, but like what I th- what I think is interesting about this is he is the scapegoat for the for everyone who like Trump and I would say the majority of people who support him who spend most of their time fantasizing about saving people from a bad guy with a gun for having they, what they most fantasize about is my God can't there be a scenario where I am completely justified in taking out my gun and just spraying like. <laughs> Where, when will that find? And what, but the, what they also fear and why they're latching onto this guy is because they know the minute they hear the stuff popping off, they're going to freeze and not do anything. So he represents their, their greatest fantasy and their greatest fear. Exactly. That sheriff's deputy. Yeah. And that's, that's why he's going to be, that's why him. he's going to be torn apart by them. And yes. they, he's going to become the villain of all this because he has to suffer for like, well, also, as you said, he, what they know about themselves. He, he refutes their entire fucking worldview because exactly. the good guy with the gun is going to save you. And here was a good guy with a gun and he didn't act like he was an action movie because we don't live in a fucking action movie. Right. It doesn't and they go can't that way. Process that. Yeah. My, look, my dad served three tours in Vietnam, he carried an M16. He goes, when you heard machine gun fire, you froze and took cover. And he had a machine gun and grenades. But you still go, hang on, what the hell is happening? You don't go rushing in like John Rambo. You, everyone freezes and gets down, and then you wait and figure out the situation. This guy has a single handgun, and he's hearing basically automatic gunfire from from doesn't know where it's coming from. What's he going to do? It is, like, I'd say about a good third of the country spends a lot of their time like if you spend any time on sort of middle american midwest facebook mm-hmm. people's favorite things is images of like the grim reaper holding two handguns <laughs> yeah it was like some text over it that's like do whatever the fuck you want to me <laughs> but you even say a word about my family i'll murder you uh, or just right. like posting on local news stories about like just something like a robbery and being like, if they ever tried that with me, I'd fucking murder them. Just fantasizing about situations where they could, you know, become John Wick. Like people yeah. who just have never done anything except like yell a racial slur from a closed car. And yeah, Trump, Trump is when he said, I am your voice. That was like the most powerful thing he ever said. Because that is true. He's the voice of those he, people. He actually like, is. He's the guy. Go, I would go with them. My God. They, even if they would put bullets in me, I would come at them while I was dying. And then they would – it was just this, these creepy – you, you know, I, I, I belong to a shooting range in Burbank. I go and I shoot handguns. I don't own any guns, but I go and shoot them. I want to be proficient with them. Handguns, you have to wear ear protection because they're terrifying and they will – they you'll they'll deafen you. I don't think people understand. And and loud noises, not even guns, are what they use to control crowds, to and sieges because because it fucks with your nervous system. And they think they're going to hear a machine gun from ten feet away, and their first instinct is to, you know, slap leather and go running it. No, you you freeze up and you don't do anything. They've been training- and all these guys would. They've been training their eardrums by listening to hinder and trap, <laughs> but but. Like, I usually, like, hate this thing, like the, oh, you know, Obama had no scandals, blah, blah, blah. But, like, can you fucking imagine if Obama said this? I would have gone in there. 
I would have taken him out. Would have taken him out. Yeah. If you can, the other thing that's really interesting about how he's responding to this gun massacre is also at his core, Trump wants to be with whatever the popular alpha group is, whatever the group that is. That's why he runs to these rallies. Yeah. But he wants to be where people are worshiping him. And now, um, the the teens of America, the youth of America, which is that's where the future is. That's who decides the fashion, the culture, and thing. They are the most popular thing, and he cannot connect with them at all. That's why when he was the other thing too, when he was talking about how I would have run in there and I would have stopped it even if I didn't have a weapon. Notice how he couldn't mention the people that did run in there and and without a weapon and either got shot or blocked a door into because he can't acknowledge anyone outside of him. He's got to go, and I would be even better than them, and everyone will flock to me. I mean, there's, what was it? There was a, there was an issue, there was an interview with um, Tim, um, uh, God, from, from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins? Tim Robbins. He goes, back in the 90s, I was having some party, not even a huge party, like for some friends, and suddenly there's this guy there, I didn't know who he was, and it was Donald Trump, and he was just trying to get his picture with me, because at the time, like Tim and that circle of friends, there was a time when they were the hottest people in Hollywood, and they were having a party in New York, and Trump's like, drive me over there and get my picture. Like, he just want, like he just wants where, and now these teens are just to his face going, you suck, old man, fucking go die, and he doesn't understand, you know, why... Why aren't why don't they think well, I'm the most cool thing on the planet? Apparently, he he called one of them in her yeah, hospital I, room. I I have this. Oh, this is from I, the New York is Times. Fantastic. This is this is probably the best one of the clips I have prepared. But it says here, uh, reading from the New York Times, it says. Uh, Mr. Trump has said uh, he believes that understanding and channeling the nation's grief is a strong suit for him as president. <laughs> Assuring a reporter 100%. during his campaign that empathy will be one of the strongest things about Trump. But interactions with some of those involved in the Parkland shooting have not been as successful as those during the White House session. Sarah Fuentes, oh sorry, Samantha Fuentes, who was shot in both legs during the Parkland assault, said she had felt no reassurance during a phone call from the president to her hospital room last week. He said he heard that I was a big fan of his. That's and, how we started the conversation. Yeah. The first thing is, first off, you're, you think I'm awesome before <laughs> we even start, right? Uh, and then he said, I'm a big fan of yours, too. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> made that up, she said in an interview after being discharged from the hospital. Talking to the president, I've never been so unimpressed by a person in my life. He didn't make me feel better in the slightest. <laughs> And then you mentioned the oh boy thing? Yeah, yeah. Ms. Fuentes, who was left with a piece of shrapnel lodged behind her right eye, said Mr. Trump had called the gunman a sick puppy and said, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, like (laughs) seven times. Would not want to be the gunman right now. (laughs) Oh boy. And I'm just, uh, yeah, imagine like, you know, you're pouring your heart out to this idiot and you're like... (laughs) And, and, and he was my best friend, and we knew each other since kindergarten, and then he was just dead in front of me, and then Trump going, yikes. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Uh, you, uh, Yahtzee, you have my condolences. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> TMI. Um, just, I'm kind of sick of Jennifer Lawrence. Are you? Th- oh, you're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you... Um, there, there was a, a church shooting where a guy yes. in the, wrestled the gun away from the shooter, and then, then when the police broke in, they shot the guy holding the gun. That happened the Killed same them. day. Same day. Yeah, as, so as, all, as in Parkland. I mean, what, here's, this is going to sound really stupid. I thought when Citizens United passed, as awful as it was, I go, okay, well, maybe the one silver lining is now that there are corporations that can dump 
$300 million into a campaign, that the, the NRA won't seem as strong as it used to, and maybe they won't have as much sway. And if anything, they seem to have more sway than they ever have. Well, there's no counter push. There's no, there's no corporate entity with the vested interest in s- opposing the NRA. So there's no corporate money behind it, really. Oh, yeah. Because that's it. You have to have a fucking vested interest. And that, and it's always, that's really how it works. The real fundamental thing isn't really necessarily money as such as it is asymmetrical uh, intensity. Right. And, and we have a vastly asymmetrical intensity when it comes to guns in this country. And it, but it goes for everything. Like, the reason we still have a fucking penny, stupid, dumbass penny, useless, <laughs> worthless, could be eliminated tomorrow, Easily. is because the fucking nickel lobby spends a relatively small amount of money to keep pennies going. But there's nobody else who's uh, serious and, and passionate enough about getting rid of the pennies to right. per- oppose them. So we keep having stupid pennies. We keep filling jars with fucking pennies. And we will until the end of time. We're going to be buried in pennies because there is just that asymmetric asymmetry of interest and, and intensity in terms of maintaining the status quo. And it's always easier to, to lobby to maintain the status quo than to change it. So we're yeah. stuck with fucking pennies and guns everywhere that'll kill anyone. I don't, I don't really think there's like an asymmetric intensity, though, with guns at least, because it's sort of the one... In it, terms of money behind it, there is. There's no, well, there's no the comparable money, lobby. The money, there, there's no like, comparable Hollywood Democrats lobby. spend a lot on but they, anti-gun no, shit. It just, it, it they just send it they on suck. candidates, though. They send it on candidates who have a suite of views, and one of them is gun control, but then they get to Congress, and it just gets deprioritized because it can't pass. Uh, I, I, I just you, – you're, you're talking about you know Trump comforting people in times of uh, uh, sorrow and terror. But w- when you turn 100, don't you get a call from the president? Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm thinking of these people that are about to turn 100, and they're like, oh, this is the president when I turn – like, what's that call going to be like? Oh, they probably they love, love it. Him. I mean, they probably oh, yeah, love it. It's, oh, wait a minute. What like, am I thinking? Yeah, wait. It's they, the guy from TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like, oh, uh, I'm 100 years old. I can't believe I have to talk to a racist, stupid guy. <laughs> I never liked anyone like that in my life. Because <laughs> all the people I looked up to when yeah. I was a child. Although, how must it feel then to be getting a... Uh, uh, the the congressional what is it like every like the Mark Twain Prize or yeah. The, oh yeah like that no those Kennedy ones Center, that, that'll Honor, Kennedy those Center, that's that shit God, stings that suck. Yeah. yeah you know who has he gone to those he knows not to no go he to didn't that. go to the last one I don't know about this year uh, in his first year he didn't go to the Kennedy Center honors and he didn't go to the White House Correspondence Center because apparently he, he is going to go to this year's which makes me think who the fuck are they going to get to to do the hosting of that yeah who will host that because it's going to have to not only be somebody ideologically uh uh amenable but also someone who won't actually own him in in the speech because right he will now not take so- that. somewhere lobot style crowder's eyes just opened <laughs> his head just went up <laughs> i'm being summoned it's either Nighters. crowder or dan nane and dan- the youngest ever host of the white house <laughs> be the youngest Center. ever oh my god that's right a millennial gets yeah. get some millennials in there yeah yeah that's yeah. how you reach out to a the weird a weird gonna go up there and be like mr president I know the teens have been hard on you recently, but I'm here to let you know that some teenagers <laughs> yeah. will stand with you. Some teenagers, some some ashy-skinned, lizard-necked, uh, huge bags under their eyes teens like me. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I think it's Gallagher's time to shine. Oh, yes. Gallagher's very right-wing. Very. He oh, smashes yeah, his... a, a watermelon that says Black Lives Matter on it. <laughs> It would be cool if there were press members there who are like too young to know who Gallagher is, and they're like, 
Wow, this really surprised me. There's some like very conceptual uh, yeah. performance art here. He's doing Trump all is a more comedy. cultured guy than I thought. I'm, I'm going to write a think piece about why we uh, have a pair of panties but only one bra. Like <laughs> he really made me think. Like why do we have that? <laughs> why do we drive on a parkway but park in a driveway? Yeah, like, there's a whole. Yeah, Jordan Peterson really ripped <laughs> off Gallagher's entire thing. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Who did you say he? Who did you say he sounded like? Well, a, a bunch of people, but one of them was uh, Professor Frank from uh, from China, mm-hmm. Illinois, and the mm-hmm. Professor Brothers. Uh, dying Kermit the Frog from Canada. Uh, Marvin the Martian. Oh yeah, that yeah. My my yes, exactly. That, my uh, pew, uh, my yeah. pew, misandry eliminator. Yeah, the 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 guys the. Um, uh, the 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 alphas are so never they they never have alpha voices. You never sometimes they they'll pump themselves up and they'll be but then when they talk they always have these little weird. Hmm. It's like oh I wonder why you started anyway. Hey, Bucko. <laughs> speaking of uh speaking of alphas. Oh boy, uh, here we go. Back to back to school security. Uh, of course, uh, one of the since we obviously can't restrict uh, the sale or use of firearms in this country. Oh, my God, no. Uh, the, the thing we have to do now, we have to do something, and the, the thing that, pe- that at least Trump is, uh, is the idea of arming teachers, right? Uh, the, the, this is going to be our solution, is to arm teachers. And one of the... Uh, this is just an interesting way. This was uh, one of my favorite things he said recently, but it's sort of indicative of the way his mind works. I'm just going to read here. It says, uh, President Donald Trump on Thursday insisted that White House Chief of Staff John Kelly could personally stop any school shooting if he were a teacher armed with a gun. At a roundtable discussion about school violence, Trump noted Kelly was a four-star general and a, quote, tough cookie. <laughs> if he was a teacher, I well, would... Well, and by the way, a tough cookie does cancel out a sick puppy. <laughs> if you've ever played that game, that is how that works. If he was a teacher, I wouldn't mind him having a gun, the president said, because I guarantee you he can use it better than anybody. There's not, uh, there's not security guard that you're going to hire that's going to handle a gun better than him. So if he's a teacher and other friends of his from the Marines are teaching or other people like that, you want to give them a gun. But almost more importantly, nobody's going to attack that school, he continued, because they know General Kelly is a history the, teacher. The, the 70-year-old <laughs> year, man who sits down all day, John Yeah. Kelly. Because they know General Kelly is a history teacher. He's teaching about how we win wars, okay? And he's got a concealed weapon. But they're, they're going to know he's got a concealed weapon because we will tell them that the bullets are going to be flying in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> so that the key is to get... Four-star Marine generals and former DHS secretaries to just be history teachers in America. In public schools. Get First, famous. His get tone, Elvin York in every school. His tone, talking about General Kelly, he sounds like a cheerleader talking about her quarterback boyfriend. Oh, God. Oh, it's, my God. If you want to so, make sure, if they, when they give him the ball, forget it. Yeah. I mean, you could just have the whole district try to defend him. He's going to run right through. He's huge, yeah. that guy. But also, he, he also keeps saying... I didn't say arm all the teachers. Uh-huh. Just a couple of them. So, in order to stop the shit, the, the guy would have to go into the specific classroom where the armed teacher is, because he's talking about this will stop them from ever happening. Yeah. But all you got to do if you're a crazy, I mean, that's... no. But he would he would see them coming and just quit how them. would he? Because they're because he they're superheroes. Marine vision. It's almost like we live in a country where half of the fucking. Art, half of the popular culture, yeah. is depictions of hyper-competent violence yes. carried out with ease by people. And then you watch that and you're like, yeah, that's how it goes. Everyone, It's like a guy yeah. with a gun is John Wick, not just a guy right. with a gun. Oh my, we can't my, my. process the, the difference. I mean, that's the thing. We are so dissociated from reality. Like a Midwesterners, pro, you know, my people, 
yeah. pride themselves on values like being humble and and uh, 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 soft spoken, their ability to sniff out a phony, and they worship. This flouncing New York <laughs> fancy lad who can only say his own name. Right. And it, they can't pick, they can't see the phoniness to him. They can't see him, this gelatinous cube of ego, and go, <laughs> oh, if a guy had a gun, he would just shit himself. He would dissolve into a puddle. Yeah, he, would, exactly. he would be like fucking Greg Stilson in the, the bed yes, zone and grab one of the kids the, and put it in front of him. Yeah, the striped tiger. If you tiger. can't recognize that, if you can't look at him and know that immediately, yeah, the blue tiger, then your man. entire, not only. You don't even have the values that you convinced yourself you do. Like, you don't even really like the things you think you like. You only like the idea of liking those things. What you really have is cultural grievance, and you worship anyone who will exemplify it and punish the people you don't like. But if we just get a teachers in there and with, with Klebold sense and sense <laughs> it coming, get those guns out and start. Well, look, I am all for, I don't know how to, how to broach this. I am very, very much for free speech. Do it, say whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. But I, but I, I do have the, is this the best timing for this speech right now? I don't know if you've been watching the trailer for the, uh, Death Wish remake that's yeah. coming out with Bruce Willis. Again, I, I love Eli Roth. I think he's a terrific filmmaker. Is that the best film? to be putting out right now where in the in the tra- just the trailer alone it's a family being gunned down and a, and Bruce Willis's voice going you got to it's up to a man to protect what he's got or he, he doesn't deserve to have it and then there's a hot blonde girl with big boobs going you're locked and loaded and ready to rock and roll and he and he's sexily pulling out his shotgun and he's and then he's walking around Bruce Willis is wearing a hoodie and gunning down African American drug dealers. You're just like, how many massacres is it? Like, again, I don't want to be the guy going, you're not allowed to, because now they're all, you know, because I, I don't think that violent video games are, are a co- but holy fuck, there is such a thing as bad timing or bad. Okay, another Bruce Willis film right came out right after the Oklahoma bombing was the remake of Day of the Jackal. Yeah. And one of the trailers is. Close up of a hand, hands building a bomb. He's built, or he's building like this killing machine, and it said, and the voiceover was, in his own way, he's an artist, and this will be his masterpiece. And I was like, is this the maybe not now? Could we not get the idea that people that do this shit are artists making masterpiece? Like, it's just that weird. I'm gonna, that's the final level of sandwich artist. <laughs> Oh, oh, it is really. That's yeah. the final level. Yeah. That would be cool. Get that voiceover and put it over like a guy making a subway sandwich yeah. in his own way. Yeah, the only way that they could redeem that Death Wish movie is the actual film is just showing him either being hilariously incompetent or at the end of day a psychopath. Who's or, or someone pointed it. out to me, what if they remade um, Death Wish, but instead of killing drug dealers, you went out and started killing bankers? Or people that are like, How, what would that happen if you did that movie? Yeah. Because I, I just reread um, John Garfield's original book, and it's about how becoming a vigilante destroys this guy inside. Yeah. It kills his soul. And if you watch the original, the original, the original movie, makes, yeah. also touches on that. It touches on the fact that it's beginning to drive him crazy. And, and, and it's all about in this, they're in this weird moral, but it's not about celebrating killing people. Uh, in, in the original Death Wish, which is sort of like, 
Death Wish and Dirty Harry is like the sort of great reactionary uh, film cycles. Yes. The original films are like more, they're, they're sort of fascist in their ideology, but they're more complicated than the latter films would have you believe. Yes. Like in Death Wish 3, when he just has oh. a browning machine gun just <laughs> mowing down a neighborhood hey, in the Bronx. My friend Wildy's coming. <laughs> hey, Wildy. Like, and he just, and now at that point, He's fetishizing having guns. He is a psychopath. In, but in, in, the, in, yeah. in the original Death Wish, though, when Bronson uh, first goes out and it's just he has like a sock filled with quarters. Yeah. And, like, he attacks like a guy or something. He comes home and throws up immediately. Yeah. Because, like, it, he, it almost and kills him. by the him. end, he's like, yeah, basically driven himself insane. Yeah, it's a right. story about a guy becoming cool. <laughs> <laughs> there's, many, there's, many, there's many reasons that Trump is the inevitable product of America. Like, we, we, looking back, maybe only in retrospect, he is inevitable. You can see the vectors. And one of the ways of that is that it seems in culturally we very much are stuck in that 70s, 80s crime paranoia when the crime was right. legitimately high, the highest it was in the 20th century. Yeah. It, and it's collapsed. Crime has collapsed in the 30 years since then. But we are all uh, culturally keyed into this hysteria about crime. And having Trump as president perfectly exemplifies that because he is he is not – Somebody said he has not absorbed a new piece of information since maybe 1989. Right, like he is set in that. That's where he that is. Bernie Gates era. Of, yes, my 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 wife, my late wife, uh, who told me this really really tragic story because she you know she has a a new book out. I to, to, as we're speaking, this is the day her book came out. She was a true crime writer, um, and she wrote about the, the the biggest, the worst uncaught serial killer in California history. And one of the things she told me, and this is not in the book, this is just she's talking to all these homicide cops. This one homicide cop told her this really sad story. He said in the seventies, um, he and he, this cop lived across the street from a uh, an elementary school, and he had a stack of file folders of murdered kids, missing kids, kids that have been attacked. Like it was rampant. Crime was awful. This is in the seventies, and he would look across the street. And at the elementary school, and there's this long bike rack filled with kids' bikes. Kids, they would just ride their bikes to school because parents, off you go, go to school. And then these kids would get home. I would get home in the 70s. My mom would go, go out and don't come back till 6 o'clock, till dinner. And that was considered being a good parent. Don't let your kids sit around inside. Get them outside and run around. I don't care where you go. Come back at 6. Then this guy now, they've actually, like you said, crime has collapsed. All this technology, all this stuff, they have shut a lot of this stuff down. He goes, now my desk is clear, and I look across the street. There's no bikes in the rack anymore. Every parent drops their kids off at school. The kids have a cell phone. They're monitored all the time. We actually did our job and made things very, very safe for kids so that they could actually enjoy the childhood that kids in the 70s had when they were at risk, mm. and now they don't get to have it anymore. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trapped inside, watching TV, not out in the sun. It's like, so we did it for nothing. Well, Hell yeah. <clears throat> I had something I was like thinking about the other day, and uh, I don't know. Like I, I grew up very bourgeois. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I had uh, seven radios on NPR at all times. <laughs> uh, my mom would literally always turn up reports about autism when she would drive me somewhere and tell me not to talk during them. It's literally true. But if uh, if uh, you play seven uh, seven radios have NPR at the same time, the frequencies come together and Ira Glass speaks the true name of God. <laughs> How do you think I'm so smart? Exactly. Uh, but I I never like really liked to hang out with people who were bourgeois. It wasn't because I was a good person. It was just like boring, right? Right. You don't want to talk to people who like it just oh, I, I want to take the, the LSATs, but I'm not, I'm not ready mm -hmm. yet. And 
I would hang out with like a lot of like lower middle class people and there was like a level of it was sort of novel to me in a way but the thing that I noticed was with sort of like lower middle class to lower class people and even just sort of more solidly middle class people of which there are less their lives are filled with recurring storylines right like they every problem with their car or every bill hanging over them is this recurring plot element that digs into their life that always looms over them that affects every decision they make whereas just, just with, say with, just say Bruce Springsteen's the river just yeah, say that yeah, yeah 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 he got married pregnant and that's all he fucking talks <laughs> about loser. Yeah, yeah. but like with like me and then like my friends who are like from more my socioeconomic background everything was always moving it's there are no consequences because money is less a prize and possession but this extinguisher to every problem you have right you just buy your way out of every you buy the privilege of not thinking about something and life is always moving forward and with the the media environment like the cable news which has just made people insane of the last like 20 years right everyone including now bourgeois people have that kind of curse that poor people have that life is just these recurring plot elements that drive you insane nothing really moves forward you know there are some virtues and some downfalls to that upper middle class thing of being able to buy your way out of everything and just constantly move forward it has its own pitfalls but because we're just inundated with the things that get the, the that are the most sensational and are the most give the most meaning to our lives we're stuck on these same few themes of like we're going to be killed by a terrorist or mm-hmm. someone's going to take your child and murder them in Aruba and like these things happen and they're terrible but that that is the only thing that is reported on has kept everyone in this insane loop where everyone's just inside all the time Mm -hmm. because of the same recurring themes without moving forward for the past 30 years. Well, okay, then can I I bring this to a bigger question then? Because I've been thinking about this. You know, one of the – yes, there's a silver lining in Trump being president in that it has sparked way more activism and way more people going, let's look at how our government works even on a state level, county level. It all matters. Every piece matters. But one of the reasons that you elect a president, a governor, a mayor, whatever, is to get a lot of stuff off your plate so that you can go live a life and run a business and raise a family. And we have elected a president who has all but said, it's all on you guys. I'm not showing up. Houston, Puerto Rico, school shootings. I'm not showing up for this stuff. You have to handle everything. Or even worse, I am going to ruin any dialogue about changing anything by just proposing the most insane, idiotic ideas that we then all have to talk about. We have to take anything he says seriously. When he says arm the shop teachers, we can't say, okay, very nice, Grandpa, go back, you know, (laughs) go back, watch your stories, have some Farina. No, we have to all talk for two weeks. Then, about yeah. well, maybe we should arm the shop teachers. Really, yeah, what yeah, do you think? Wolf Blitzer has to host a panel of yeah. people that are all happy to be there because it's money in their pocket yeah. to, get to appear on TV. Yeah. But you're right; it just gums everything up, and it's this. Wow, you're right. He's created this recurring lower lower income class uh, problem cycle, and we can't move forward on anything. I hope someone takes this out of context and they're like, oh, you're saying Trump is bad because he makes everyone act like poor people? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. But yeah. I do well, think Trump, have, have at it, Daily Wire. Yeah. Oh, I my do name think right. That, that people talked about how apparently he's running around yelling that they need to execute drug dealers all the time now behind closed doors. And I mean, the Supreme Court has said you can't do that, so it's not like he can actually do anything about it. They're but, always getting in the way. But his, but his obsession with that, that's the 80s shit. Yeah. yeah. That's like Pablo Escobar shit. It's like we need to give... We need to unleash James Bond. We need to send him after Robert Davi. 
<laughs> we need to restore his Dobby. license to kill. Right. His friend got eaten by a shark. It's awful. Trump Trump watched a version of Sicario that Jared recut to be 15 minutes. <laughs> and he, but he, he still saw it and he thought like, oh, this is a story about a cool man who does cool things. Sicario is actually Spanish for cool man. We need to get Benicio Del Toro out there. He Look, he took a firm line with those children. <laughs> you know, it shows how you can change. He was a bad guy in License to Kill, and now he's killing the bad guys. Oh, those children, they were sick puppies. Yeah. They were sick puppies. They had to go, folks. Well, you know, it, 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 if you talk about like the, the, the degeneration of America into this paranoid state, you go back and watch the first Rambo film, First Blood. There's one death yeah. in the whole movie and it's fell an, off a cliff and it's an accident yeah. and rambo then grabs the policeman and goes i didn't want that you idiots caused this to happen yeah. i was just trying to shut all this down then by the second one he's he's just the bubonic plague basically <laughs> and that's and well, we mean, could just send one guy it really to is Vietnam. the reagan turn man i mean that, like, exactly that was wish and rambo turn. written in the 70s written in the in the hal ashby reflective post-vietnam what's going on 70s and then they were all made into <laughs> movies in the reagan drill a hole yeah. in your frontal cortex lather yourself with boy, baby oil and bomb granada 80s right that's right. funny because uh, First Blood falls into that same thing with Dirty Harry and Death Wish that like the latter films color your uh, idea of what the movie is because like rewatching First Blood now the, the incredible thing is they couldn't make a movie now that portrays cops as badly as First Blood does exactly who are like uh, portrayed yeah, yeah. universally as incompetent sadists right. or just cowards entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like the whole thing is just because they're like hassling him because he's walking through their town. Yeah, he's do he's literally doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, an, uh, it, so yeah, it, it is weird. That's really, oh boy. Yeah, that's really, really creepy that that's yeah, where so we're, we're going. The, we're but, stuck but then, in the so decade then, where the last time a oafish celebrity became president. Yeah, <laughs> well, but you were also saying that like, you, this is one of those times where you can't, Im- like, after George W. Bush, okay, I can imagine the next thing that the the pendulum swing back would be, you know, Obama. Okay, well, it, it as awful as things are now, you can understand why the pendulum swung back because there were all these people that were paranoid about a black president. But what in, uh, one of you said, I cannot imagine what is after yeah, this. Me. What I is what know. is after this? I don't know. It it's a it's a tele- it's a cultural teleology. It comes to an end, and this is the end. You know, yeah, and uh, that's scary. It's you also say it's it's going to be unrecognizable. I kind of feel, uh, right. for me, the most the most perverse thing that could happen, the most like genuinely w- gross thing that could happen, is if we elect a sensible technocratic Democrat and then try to pretend that it never happened. And I kind of yes. worry that's what's going to happen. We're going to try to paper over the rupture, and then that will only leave us completely unprepared for the final actual right. rent a, rent a the, <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah well, the, the last guy. It's a little – oh, God, I'm actually I'm, – I'm feeling a little paranoid right now because at Christmas time, I invited you guys – to uh, the the uh, a party yes. launch party for I'm the sorry, show. I have Happy. to do E one. Everyone oh, was right. E one. There, we were there. It was the you guys were there, and you met Brian Taylor, who did the crank films. Hell I've yes. never, I've never seen you guys turn into One Direction fans. <laughs> and I immediately said who you were talking. You're like, oh my god! Crank but two is a modern masterpiece. It is. But what happens if if Trump or the next Trump, his worldview is based on something like Crank, <laughs> <laughs> is the next thing? Where my heart can't stop. We got to just keep going. And the, what if? That's his worldview because Brian T- Taylor Neveldine was the step after, you know, Dirty Harry, yeah. Rambo, all that stuff. Yes. So then what happens? 
I'm think... not sure, but I'd like to. So as we're talking 80s action movies, I would like to pitch my version of the Death Wish remake that just focuses on Jeff Goldblum's character mm. and about how he like cleaned up his act after being a, a rapist street thug and now is just like a Wall Street guy. And he's just like. Also, yeah, wait a minute. That's another thing about Death Wish. The three guys who destroy his life and make him into a vigilante in that film are never brought to justice. Nope. He never finds them. There's no closure in that. He just starts going killing other random people. Yeah, that's the thing that the studio would, would say, okay, that's not going to work. He's got to find him the, again. The end has to be him killing the guy who, who killed his mom. What? Right, right. And uh, they're, they're, they're never even mentioned again. No. Jeff he Goldblum, never even mentions going after them. No. Jeff Goldblum wearing a jug head hat in the that scene. Well, <laughs> that was the weird... Yeah, because, you know, again, I, there's no, I love when... Hollywood, um, an older producer or, or whomever is doing the movie tries to grab on what the youth looks, what the scary youth looks like, and what their idea in Death Wish Three, the guy with the reverse yep. mohawk, yep. like yep. what's scarier than a guy with a mohawk? Well, a, a mohawk isn't scary anymore. I don't care. We got to do a reverse thing. Just, and he's gonna be yeah. a solid forty-five years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna look like he quit his job as an accountant right. to put on a leather yeah, yeah, jacket yeah. and ravage South yeah. Bronx. It's it, like the thing now in movies and TV shows is like if they'll show like a black criminal, they're wearing they're dressed like G Unit, which no one is dressed like in like 15 years yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. you're like uh put a band-aid on his face like that gangster rapper nelly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't know what uh, what's coming up on the, I have said the future I, I know what is, what is i know the future what it's going to be a synthesis of the last two presidents it's going to be a soft-spoken harvard law professor who says things like honestly i would uh Enter slow motion and kill any shooter. <laughs> uh, when I watch the UFC and I see them do that gay shit, they couldn't do it to me. They have yeah. to let me get pissed off and I'd knock everyone out. If, if we do get a a, so, a soft-spoken, non-wildly gesticulating, g- gesticulating neo-Nazi, that's when we're done. <laughs> when everyone's like, he's, uh, he's, but he's so reasonable. You're the guy screaming and yelling. He, yeah. he gets you on know? TV and he cries like Obama, but after interracial soup ads. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, look, look, I don't agree with his policy recommendations that we have to deport the people that made that ad, but (laughs) he's just so beautiful. He's such a good orator. Look, uh, we we miscegenated some folks, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we got to look forward to uh, racial purity. God. Yeah. You you questioned, uh, you you asked, like, you know, what does the future hold? Yes. I think I'd like to now screen a little something for you that is, I don't know, maybe a vision of things to come. Did you see the thing, uh, the, the the Sean Hannity thing about uh, how the left loves art, especially oh. taxpayer-funded art that is provocative? Let's get their reaction to this. <laughs> so let's just get our reactions now to this uh, YouTube video that I'd like to play for you. My name's John McNaughton. I wanted to paint a picture that would represent how I feel about the American flag. Really stupid. For me, the American flag is more than a banner. It represents because it's not a banner. All the people who have suffered and died because for the of our values country. that we hold dear in this country for freedom. Yes, the right to protest, but not to disrespect our flag. <laughs> yes, the right to protest, but not in a way that is anyway uh, disturbing. Or... We witnessed the NFL players kneeling to the national anthem. And I don't know about you, but it just really offended me when I considered what that flag represents and the way that the NFL supported those players and letting them do that. But not 
executing so them by President drone strike. Trump chose to speak out against their actions, a lot They're of people ruining said, the game. Well, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. My opinion is that is exactly what a president should do to stand up for American values. For that, I cheer him. And in my mind, I envisioned the president standing on a football field after he's picked up the shredded, trampled, grass-stained American. Because that's what they do. Yeah, which has never happened at any football game. Clean it with a rag. <laughs> yeah, that's what Trump would do. By the way, in his initial speech where he was condemning the players for kneeling, he was way more pissed that and the refs were not were, were throwing flags on good hits and ruining the, the watchability. That's what he actually Can cared about. Imagine is that monster knocks were no longer allowed. Can you imagine Trump picking something up and cleaning it? Yeah, like anything. He's a but fucking also, germaphobe. But also, somebody. Look, I don't think Trump is an intelligent person, but no one is so dumb to think this dirty piece of cloth, I'll clean it with another piece of cloth. Like, <laughs> that does not work. Nobody would like he looks like he one looks, of those tied pens. He should be dabbing it yes. lightly with that. But he looks like a sad, demented old man in that. He does. Picture. He looks very no, the, the, He the, looks very confused. The expression yeah. on his face here is just sort of gormless and slack <laughs> yeah. He looks like like it's sort of Chauncey the gardener found a flag. But that's because like, that's because this these guys, they love to uh, fantasize about victory and about domination and about their physical feats of, of violence. But at base, they are they cultivate a sense of wounded aggrievement mm-hmm. because they're always being they're always being assailed by all the libs and the disrespectful hip hop football thugs and stuff. Every all of McNaughton's things are regular Americans, not with guns, not going to the ramparts to defend the Constitution, but just kind of slumped over and like why. Why are you doing this to me? Well, that's right. your Obama. That's, why are you taking my? That's your. It's, it's, it's like there's an. It's it's the difference between their fantasy of power and their and sort of the deeper knowledge of their hopeless helplessness. Yes, and then them projecting it outward and blaming these well, Hollywood uh, libs or the, whatever. Go ahead. Oh, well, that's. I think that's sort of a bad harbinger harbinger uh no Harbinder. one no one say the right way to say that i don't care haven't have reinventing after. language I don't we got a, a harbinger coming let me and let me tell you it's a ring dinger this harbinger's a ring dinger so a, strap in it's a bad sign okay i won't try to get too fancy yeah you're too you close to the sun there <laughs> fuck you fuck off uh, <laughs> it's a bad sign because that's European style fascism. American style, like sort of authoritarian blood and soul stuff. It's always very sunny and optimistic. America's disease is this disease and triumph uh, through the generations has been an uh, attitude of constant optimism and triumph. Yeah. Whereas, with, well, Reagan was the cult of optimism. It, yeah, uh, but even before that, like uh, in a, the Expeditionary Force in World War One and World War Two, everyone we fought with was like. It's weird. They're just like they think everything is going great all the time. And <laughs> yeah. but the European style of fascism or authoritarianism and conservatism is everything's lost. We can right. just try to hold on to these things. We're trampled. We're beaten down. That was sort of the roots of Nazism. It's the roots yeah. of Viktor Orban. It's the roots of all this shit. And it is sort of a bad sign that American conservatism is pivoting towards that. Because, I mean, yeah. it's all bad. Like, American conservatism is all bad, whether it's, like, uh, just a shitting grin on uh, evangelical giving a Bible versus a tip or just, like, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 
sorrowful man declaring that the America he loved is lost, but at least right. we can save white people. But, but where, it means but, it's going to get worse. Well, because it gets into that Travis Bickle mindset of, but then one man yeah. stood like because that 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 sorrowful victim thing is just the prelude yeah. to the but suddenly yep. Yep. You know, the rise that, yes. and then it yep. get, that's Neo scary. on the train tracks yeah, yep. it, it's Neo on the train my name is Hannity my haplo group is H134 <laughs> and then and then the cleansing rain comes and the only yeah. art is shitty fucking John McNaughton garbage because that's oh. the culture that they're that's the western culture that they're defending is Shit, garbage, representational art, normie, not, no irony, simpering, cloying garbage. Well, they they all are. They're the wronged heroes in this epic. They are the wronged ones. And I think that one thing that the reason that these the Parkland teens. I don't know what else to call them. I, I could not sound like more of an old man. The Parkland <laughs> teens. Get off my lawn. But one of the reasons they're so effective is and 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 Colin um, Copernic Copernic. Kaepernick. Kaepernick was also he was leaning towards this. Is they're no longer doing their like a lot of the a lot of the early um, things against Trump, even even the women's march, which which I very much supported, but it was it was directed at Trump, yeah. so that he could still act like, well, I am I matter, I am causing this effect. But with Colin and now these teens, they're not directing it at Trump anymore. It's like we're just going to go do this, whether you, we don't care if you if we're angering you or not. It's not. At them, which makes them feel even more ineffective and 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 even further from mattering. You know that it's just like, well, we're just going to go have this march. You know, and it's, we're not even going to mention your name. We don't care. We're going to get this these guns banned. That's all we care about. We're yeah, not even directing it. We're just going to get the signatures and have, have it done. Because and, Trump is from the enemy publicity is good publicity school. Exactly, and so, so hey, they're not they're giving him any name. publicity. And that's why I think they're getting these teens are getting attacked so harshly because. Uh, they're not directing it at a specific group. It's more we're just going to go get we're just going to go fix this, okay, no, guys. And they're not raising their voices, and that freaks people out more. If you act like hysterical and nuts, and oh my god, we got to be like, see the typical liberal. But when they see future voters quietly, like let's just get a bunch of signatures together and change this, they're like, what the these punks? So that's when it gets scary. And also, them, I mean, I think, I think another thing, and again, like it's it's easy to point out hypocrisy, but. Nonetheless, I can't resist. Um, <laughs> the The idea is like uh, I think they're also uh, an unspoken thing is they're also mad that um, like uh, a liberal issue has figured out how to weaponize teens because yes. they love like teenage geniuses. They love like yes. you know seven year old destroys <laughs> tax logic IRS. You know like yeah. or you know like Ben Shapiro or whatever hates these teens because like that was his racket and still is right as being like the most intelligent child in the room. He's like right. a he's like a bitter former child actor <laughs> oh my god Chris I, I, kid I, I, Donnie Smith yeah also that his cousin actually was a successful child actor uh, Mara Wilson yeah. right yeah Mara oh Wilson. wait a minute that, that's, that's his, his cousin yeah. oh my god so, I didn't yeah. know that and then like he tried he sort of had a, a, a weird version of a child actor career that was like the guy who him and fucking Stephen Miller too as a guy in high school who would like his hobby was calling in the Larry Elder show and and, oh, and just no. and they're like the, these Parkland kids they're just reciting talking points or whatever and it's just well yeah I guess it's a point of view it's yeah. not exactly an uncommon one but they are the way like because we mentioned this before the Parkland is a pretty like affluent 
area and the kids mm-hmm. are like you know come from you know like they're media savvy like they they yeah. you, mm-hmm. like they're smart although, although i don't think i think it's there's a generation of teens that are just media savvy in ways that we and the older generations weren't because they were just raised with it so it must seem like an aberration like oh these could no uh, teens are way more media and social media savvy than we will ever be and w- than you guys will ever be and when you try to attack them to social media a is beautiful and also i, I, I don't know so i mean much fun i I don't know how many like teens have you seen like online <laughs> because like the I do think there is a level of fantasy here like this is the entire next generation mm-hmm. is these kids when it's really you know I see these polls all the time that are like this is the most left generation ever and it's like polls of teens don't work for a lot of reasons with how polls work but also like they're their culture that they're coming up with it's very it's a very media heavy diet and they're savvy mm-hmm. in some ways but it's also like it's the same bullshit we're consuming it just this it's the same thing that we're saying is driving us insane they're doing it but it's also a little pump and jordan peterson yeah although maybe then then maybe i was being overly optimistic after seeing youth marches in charlottesville of basically neo-nazis and hoping that you know there was a uh, uh, an alternative to that oh yeah and, there's you know ho- there's uh, horrible there's a, like a horrible minority of them who are like right. the neo-nazis they're like great kids and then but for the most part it's like the rest of the country it's like sort of apolitical but their political influences are varied and very odd and they come to strange conclusions and i don't yeah. know what we can extrapolate out of it yeah so we have pat oswald on the show here and I wanted to hearken back to the first time we had him on our show. Okay. The time was October of 2017, the innocent oh. era. America was, was doing the twist. Yeah, America <laughs> was captivated by the president's oafish tweets about a mass shooting. Yes. <laughs> Everyone was pretending to have an opinion about Catalan independence. Oh, that's right. And the young teens did not want to eat Tide Pods. They didn't even know that they were edible. No. There was something else they wanted to eat. What did they want they to eat? They really wanted to eat it, but they weren't oh, allowed to. Oh, my God. Because Shit. of the vagaries of production. Oh, oh my God, man. And that would be... The epic win, Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce, which famously ran out, caused yep. a bunch of riots of dorks. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, inhalers were hurled at assistant managers across the country. Yes. And uh, McDonald's apologized, sw- swore to do better. And on Monday, this last Monday, Kismet, you're in town to do this show. Whoa. They put out. 20 million packets across America and said, here, you fucking gluttons. Eat all the goddamn... Take a bath in this shit, you fucking assholes. And so now, Szechuan sauce is available as a dipping sauce at most of your local McDonald's. Finally. This was the stuff that caused the riots. This was the, this was the, the holy grail. It really was. This, was. this was. This was the obscure object of desire. The <laughs> unspoken what a, what, oh, craving. <laughs> Zizak. One, Zizak, easy. It is the thing that you <laughs> desired, but which cannot be manifested. Only here it is. We have it. One of you guys coined the very, to me, disturbing term, um, nostalgic scavenger hunts. That'll be the only thing that... Yes. Will be left that's what for we're talking yeah, about. and, that's and but that and term was, was so dystopian to me. We did it. You fam, did it, fam. They listened to your queries. <laughs> they listened to your tweets, and fam, they listened to you. Not only did they do that, McDonald's has released a podcast about the history of Szechuan sauce. <laughs> oh yeah, I, oh, if yeah, you I, fucking thought that brands trying to be human was just going to be them using slang and Twitter, like our nuggets are fleek. 
No, <laughs> they're going the full Terminator, trying to pass the Turing test. Yes, of brands. Oh, you. Th- yeah, we have a Twitter account. We also have a podcast. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Well, while we're here, I do want to announce I'm part of a new podcast. It's called the <laughs> McDonald's Szechuan Sauce Podcast. So here is the thing that people drove hours to get. That's and right. There, and there were riots. Yes, thousands of dollars to buy little portions of it on eBay. Yes. The thing that they all wanted, not because they knew it was good, but because the TV show they liked said it was good. Right. A monstrous character who is portrayed as a sociopathic yes. horror told them it was delicious, and because he was smart, he had to have been right. So I went to the McDonald's a few blocks away, uh, and thankfully it was one of the ones with the electronic ordering system because I could not bring myself to go to a human and ask for the Szechuan sauce. <laughs> Thank God for automation. I didn't have to. I just brought up McNuggets and the sauce was there and I clicked on it. You didn't, I, I, you didn't I, want to see that look in their eyes when you asked yeah. for it. I don't you? want no, yeah, no, 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 I would just no. die. Yeah, you would die. I, I don't. I have that much. That is the <laughs> amount of self-respect I still have. I thought I'm glad that you got it that way because I thought you like found somebody on Craigslist that was like, look, if you step on my back while I wear, while I wear an anonymous mask, I'll give you one packet of <laughs> no, Szechuan sauce. So I was like, now. oh, what did he do for it's this? It's no longer special. And what I want to do is taste it because I just want to see how it stacks up to what it was built up to be. All right. When right. we last spoke. Put some on your toes. I'll I suck it off. Some, <laughs> I should have ordered some chicken nuggets. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, I wanted it to be a surprise. Okay. All right. All right, so here it is. It looks like Vaseline. Uh, it's very viscous. Uh, it's viscous, it, and it's weirdly opaque. Yeah, it looks kind of like grape jelly. It's reflecting jelly. Uh, the light back. Like, yeah, it looks kind of like the grape jelly that you get at a diner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, for the record, my, my wife, Meredith Salinger, just walked in the room and has a look of frozen horror <laughs> on her face, just looking at this. Look at the yeah, surface of that's that. the stuff. Look at it. Gelatinous, uh, gelatinous goo? What is yeah. That? That's going to be... It is. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> all right. um, maybe yeah, we're wrong. behind my ear. And, uh... <laughs> all right, so everybody oh, who wants to take a taste, let's go. I, I have to. This caused riots, yeah, right? All right, okay, let's hang get on. a finger. Oh, I love, I love dipping fingers with my boys. <laughs> this is all bringing us closer together. Does it just taste like Szechuan sauce? Well, sort of like uh, garlicky. No, I'm not going to. A little bit. I mean, no, it, it wasn't gross. It's just like this, this tastes how... no different than anything I've had in any... Yeah, Asian Which, food restaurant. I, I was born a barbecue man, and I'm going to die a barbecue <laughs> man. If I recall correctly, I think what we said was it probably just tastes like that packet of sweet and sour you yes. get at a Chinese that's restaurant. Exactly that's exactly what it is. And that's exactly what it tastes this is, like. Uh, this is how atheists do communion, by the way. <laughs> blood, of, blood of sauce of my sauce. Yeah. Zip of my finger. So, yeah. uh, so how, how, can, how can God be an ENTJ, an, I, an INJ, and an ENFP at the same time? It's a, Transubstantiation. It's, actually, it's cloyingly sweet. Yeah, it's a little... It's mostly sweet, actually. Yeah, there's, there's a... There's a there's a sweet note that comes later after, and after it kind of overwhelms the, the, everything after the peppery thing. Again, this is this is you know what this is. This is a uh, cheap one dollar uh, Chinese food place. You know what There's this nothing, is. Nothing you know what this special is? about this. This is a shit that was in your mom's drawer in Staten yeah. Island in Big yeah. Fan the package. Oh my god, the package package drawer. Yeah. Yes, this is exactly what was in there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my uh, god. So, to any nerd who stood in line. And has had this. I hope you're fucking looking at yourself now after yeah. you finally tasted it. I hope this is actually sort of a red pill moment for you <laughs> where you realize that you're 
the, that the thing you desire can never be attained. That it is a fantasy projected by capitalism to keep Matt, you moving forward. Are you going to be the one that sauces a generation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to sauce them all up. I'm going to spray sauce all over man. everybody. That that is our goal. I think that's mm. uh, a perfect place to wrap it up. We've we've sauced with Patton. We've yep. sauced with we've, we've supped the sauce with Patton. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to have the word sauce in the title. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Another one. Yeah, saucing a generation. <laughs> there, there's literally. I mean, it's not. It's, no, it's not bad. It's also completely not special. On, and on I'll level. tell you right this: if it had just been on the menu, if it was one of the sauces you could always have gotten, yeah, I would never order it. I know no one would. I get barbecue it. exactly. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Once again, Patton, thanks Guys, so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for schlepping to yeah, my no problem. No, gorgeous no, hotel suite. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for schlepping to our town. <laughs> yeah, this is New here. York. You have to check in before <laughs> you do anything here. I'm feeling like walking, King of New York, baby. <laughs> Where you from? Where you from? Down it out. Going nice.